0: K-Town's a misnomer. It's
1: called K Town, but it's all appeals. Uh, so yeah, that's called K Town. I see a lot of little short, dark people. Yeah, Puro Puro Koreans. Okay, that's it. We're recording.
0: Oh, man. Hello, world. Here what is up? Heaven. No emotions, no feelings, just thoughts.
1: Happy Friday.
0: Happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday to the emotionless, to the thoughtless, to those who are worn down by surviving day in and day out through this system. Mm. But at the same time, it's like, Kind of been a beautiful week in L.A. Oh, yeah? Have you noticed that?
0: Oh, you mean in terms of weather and things like that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it's been just at the sweet spot most of the time.
0: I'll be honest. I know of this from what my phone told me, but I don't know it from actual experience mm. because I was indoors staring at my computer.
1: Mm. Well... Fun fact, and I don't know how...
0: Wait, what are you munching on Mm. over there? Mm. (laughs) Is this a podcast or a mukbang, or maybe both?
1: I think it's a little bit of both, and I do have to say, I love the increasing visibility of food and eating while people talk Mm -hmm. out there. I mean, there was a time, believe it or not, when... You know, you had the Charlie Rose kind of interview, the 60 Minutes set up, like right. people in ties and and completely formal attire and everything. Yeah. Now it's like we're eating chicken wings and talking.
0: That's true. Yeah. You know? Some people, though, find the ASMR aspect of it kind of cringy. Where, where do you stand on that? I like, can like see that both sides. Like that sound right now, mm. some people would be like, no, too much. I mm. don't mind it.
1: Actually... On an audio recording, I totally get that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, if I'm strictly tuning into something and oh, trying to, and it's and, just and trying to listen to it through my headphones, absolutely, that's annoying. Like, y'all, if I'm watching, a <laughs> should I stop, <laughs> stop that? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, I'll stop. Well, watching it, watching people eat, on the other hand, is a little easier for me. Yeah, but, but honestly, I think. All the multitasking and all of the, like, we're doing various things format, I think ultimately it, it does water everything down mm. somewhat. Like, because now you're focused on a handful of things. Now, like, things have to be informational but also entertaining. Mm. And so in being both things, it's less of just one. That is to say, it's less totally informational. It's less totally entertaining. And and I find myself nowadays, Nuna, like watching a YouTube video in the background while I'm playing chess on my phone. Mm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this is great because mm-hmm. I'm not fully focused on mm-hmm. either the video I'm watching or the game I'm playing. Yeah. So it's kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, I yeah. mean, it's problematic as an idea, but as I'm living through it, I love being there but not being there.
1: Yeah, and I think like with, like with most things online, like with most trends, it's going to have its time. Yeah. I think we're in a food phase and ASMR phase right now, mm-hmm. but I think that isn't indefinite. It's not just going to be this way from here on out. So enjoy it while you can the way I'm enjoying this sesame seed, black sesame seed donut mm-hmm. from California Donuts in K-Town.
0: I say something a little controversial. I'm disappointed in La Abuelita. As in the flavor. Speak on it. So, California donuts. I love, I love, I love. But even the people in the place we love, there will be a little bit of hits and misses, right? So this is all said with respect and with love. Of course. But when you say Abuelita, and there's a donut covered with chocolate you assume that there's going to be this additional sort of Mexican warmth to it. I feel like it's heavy on milk chocolate, not enough spices. I don't taste, I don't taste any spices. Mm. So I'm I'm disappointed.
1: Spice is key in any Mexican Mm -hmm. hot chocolate, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, specifically cinnamon. Mm -hmm. Cinnamon is absolutely fundamental to the sweetness of the Abuelita brand.
0: I don't taste it here. Yeah.
1: And I think... It says a lot about the creative process. They output so many different kinds of donuts. I imagine that they must experiment. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of feedback is important because we got to let them know, hey, if you're going to do the Abuelita donut, you've done it at like a five. We want to get you to an eight or a nine or a ten. Here's a little bit of our thoughts on how you might make that happen.
0: So you know how a moment ago you were talking about like watching YouTube and playing chess? I might have been doing the same version or some version of that. So I'm going to just close my eyes and focus on chewing and see maybe there is spices and I'm missing it. So give me a moment.
1: Yeah, and let us hear you chew.
0: Mm, Okay, I stand corrected. I do taste a little bit of spices, but it's very much in the back. Just quietly whispering. So, for me, Abuelita doesn't just sit in the corner and go, Siname.
1: Facts. So. Like, when you go to any one of these little spots, and I would shout you out by name, but I think you kind of got to earn it a little bit. We'll oh. see. Yeah, but when I do go to some of these different spots, and I get, say, the horchata, mm-hmm. the important part about that is the fact that the cinnamon is loud mm. and declarative and all over the cup. Yes. It's like sorry, not sorry, this mm. is who we are. And I think that's what you're getting at. Also by just saying Otchata, those real like LA fanatics and LA coffee shop fanatics probably know who I'm shouting out right now <laughs> without without explicitly wink, wink. saying their name. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for these treats by mm. the way. Thank you so much for going out of your way to bring these over to our recording session today.
0: It's Friday. I love treats. I love you. So I love it was you too. Oh.
1: It's Friday and what better day than to like splurge.
0: Yes. Splurging, hanging out,
1: K-towning.
0: K-towning in a very okay way.
1: 100% and So for this second episode, I'd love for us to spend some time on our site, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that site took a while. That site wasn't just an overnight thing, although one might assume it is. And I love that we put that site together because when this project or collaboration first got going, everything was just through the socials. Everything was on Instagram. Everything was just like a matter of spreading the word through our respective social media profiles. And that was cool. But I think it was even cooler that at some point we decided we kind of need to put all of this together and really set it up kind of the way one sets up a flagpole somewhere and say this is where you can find our stuff all the time. No matter what, here's KTownsOK.com. And I've also seen that, like, in terms of domain names. Yeah. Going for things in KTown isn't all that easy. Like, mm. because Town is such a dynamic and dense part of Los Angeles that a number of people have said, hey, why don't we, like, do something for or about Koreatown? And I've noticed that, like, names, that is domain names for KTown. hmm They're not that easy to come across. Mm. But when you come up with something like K-Town is okay, guess what? No one has sought that out before. (laughs) And there you have it. And I love the way those things click in our interest. So I kind of want to spend some time talking about that beautiful site.
0: Do you remember, because you're the one that purchased a domain name and everything. Do you remember when you did that?
1: Yeah, that must have been like way back in 2022. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I thought domain names—they're not that expensive. Yeah. Let me go and like reach out for them as soon as I can. Yeah. I think ever since I started JimboTimes.com, it became my knee-jerk reaction to like, yeah, do the social media thing for a moment, and then make sure that I also have mm. like my own site, my own space to back it up. Yeah. And I that doesn't that smart. I I think it's great. I I wish more creators would get into that because I think some folks can really miss the way that like ownership over your content is a thing. And like Mm -hmm. just because you've gotten seen here and there, that doesn't mean that your page isn't subject to a site hack at some point or like all of the challenges that come with maintaining these billion-dollar social networks.
0: Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, once you post something on social media, it's technically not your content. You're putting it on somebody else's platform. They have access to your content, and they have, um, you know, the right to do whatever they want with it.
1: Yeah, it's all in the user agreement. Mm-hmm. It's all in the user agreement, which none of us read. <laughs> so, like, I'm not going to sit here and, like, tell you that here's how we did it, which is better than how you did it. No, no, not at all. We just did a very slightly different thing when we said, really, let's make our own website. And and I like that because now we get to really look back at a platform we've designed together and organized together and other people do too. The Mm -hmm. trouble with like seeing things on your TikTok or on your IG, and you and I have talked about this Previously, Is that there's just so much information coming at you at any given moment and I think we Sort of create Liberty we create room for flexibility for ourselves and also for anyone else who wants to know about K-Town is okay when we set up a website that they can easily type into their browser on their time mm-hmm. Because that way you are as an individual or a small group of people Doing your own research and, like, dedicating yourselves to that. Because when I go to KTownIsOK.com, I spend some time there.
0: Oh, do you? You yeah. go there often?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah,
1: and cool. I hope that our visitors do, too. Yeah. I believe that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, based on the feedback that we've got, I mean, we certainly could broaden our um, audience, you know, and that's what we're working on right now. But the folks who do stumble upon the website... Yeah. I mean, the comments that they give us, it tells um, me that, you know, they're looking at everything.
1: That's right. And when I've shared the website with my peers and collaborators elsewhere, they've all commented on how good it looks and also how invitational it looks.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And I think for listeners and for followers of this work, I think a great question for us to meditate on for a moment is just, how we put this site together. And so as you and I have just noted, we purchased the domain for this back in 2022 or something to that effect, mm-hmm. but it would still take us about four to five months to really organize everything and finally publish it. Mm-hmm. And I'll say for my part that, at least on my end, it took just a little bit of funding to like yeah. establish the site because... Websites are free, but they're also not. Like, websites are free after you pay for them, <laughs> if that <laughs> makes sense. Like, websites, they are also maintained in large part by these other companies out there. And if you're going to take a piece of that, they're going to charge you for it, just like with most things in life. So our website wasn't free, but we fundraised for that. Once that funding finally came through just as it needed to be we picked up the website and we slowly but surely started tinkering with things Mm -hmm. and then somehow uh, like seemingly overnight we went from tinkering with things to setting up this site with with a few key tabs that let people know more about this project and so I think going back to the invitational look that ktownsok.com really gets right I want to ask you how we came to that like how did our prior experience with building sites and such ultimately inform ktownzok.com because it feels like there's like a sleekness that doesn't just happen like it takes quite a bit of refining and such I want to ask you as the designer and the cultivator of ktownzok.com how that happened
0: um well I think it just felt really important to me. And I think that resonated with you that if we are going to have a site called K-Town is okay, and it has all of the sort of um, context, you know, and backstory that it did, you know, it's so much about um, our perspective, you know, specifically you, Jimmy and me, Helen, and not just that, you know, but that's where it started and also is going to be sort of a um, cultivating and generating a community and a culture of conversation so if it's going to be um, this um, authentic experience then it just made sense for us to also capture imagery that was our perspective of how we saw K-Town or us being in Koreatown. so you know I think initially as we were kind of like putting the site together we did use you know found photography, just as kind of placeholders. But as the content itself was coming together, it just felt really evident to me as a, as a, you know, um, visually oriented person, as somebody who um, does her nine to five work in branding, that really the imagery had to be authentic and, you know, original as well. So, um, you know um, I just kind of started thinking about what kind of you know uh, what kinds of images of Koreatown we wanted to capture how we should be inserted in it or not and then so I just had this vision of Olympic Boulevard it's one of the older aspect or older older parts of Koreatown and because of that you know it has the two iconic Koreatown um, signs you know on um, either sides not They're not officially either sides of the borders of Koreatown. But anyway, they're, you know, they're on Olympic. And uh, so, yeah, I had this idea of us being there, um, but actually having us, I I sort of what you see um, in the photography on our website is sort of what I envisioned already, because I just wanted to have the expansiveness of the city, of the streets and have us be there, but be really small, like to scale, you know, Um, it's a really big town neighborhood it's a big city and you and i are specific people but we're just two people among you know the millions who live in this town and so that's sort of the idea that i had and um avital she's a photographer friend of mine and um
1: avital oler
0: thank you and uh, she you know is is an amazing photographer she's somebody who really uses photography to explore her curiosity about things and Right now, she's working on this incredible um, photo book that's coming out that's about the L.A. River. Um, And so because I was starting to get familiar with her process and even how she discovered the L.A. River and the types of images that she was taking of it, I knew that she was somebody who was open minded, who was explorative, who um, was curious So even though she wasn't necessarily familiar with Koreatown, I knew that she would get our spirit, our intention, and if we just gave her some specific directions, like, you know, the image that I already had in my mind, that she would, you know, no pun intended, but go to town, and she did to the extent that it was like, what, eight o'clock in the morning, maybe 8.30 when we started, and she was out in the middle of Olympic Boulevard with cars, oncoming traffic, standing there taking pictures of us.
1: She was just a complete boss about it, which is why I thought we should take a moment to take our hats off to Avital for that. She came through with like both a film and a DSLR camera, mm-hmm. and I think you were exactly right about her in that you mentioned to me when we were organizing this with Avital that she was just going to get the vision. She was just going to like see quite a bit of what we wanted to... Communicate with K Town is okay, specifically underneath these iconic signs. And she straight up went for it. Yeah. At the moment of that photo shoot, I was kind of like, where exactly is this headed? As I saw her like moving into harm's way <laughs> with traffic yeah. oncoming at 8 a.m. on yeah. Olympic Boulevard, where you have all these commuters trying to get onto Vermont or trying to go to downtown L.A., Mm -hmm. Avital was like smack dab in the middle of it and was fearless. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because there's a fearlessness to K-Town is okay. Not to tout our own horn too much, but I think there's something really special about two people who are coming together with this new idea about the neighborhood, going to the historic signs within that very neighborhood and saying it all comes together Mm -hmm. this is not like this is not a matter of changing the idea of what k-town is but it's a matter of adding to things and here we are doing it in this way paying homage to olympic boulevard and its place in k-town and so as avital helped us get that across it really paid huge dividends because once that got up on the site, it really allowed everything else to flow in a far more succinct manner mm-hmm. than it may have when we were kind of just still in that brainstorming phase. So shout-out to Avital Oler once again, yes, as well as Olympic Boulevard, of <laughs> course. yeah, And shout-out even to those tourists who oh, just yeah. so happened to – we walking through K-Town at the same time that we were doing our photo shoot. I don't think there's anything more K-Town than that moment yes. in a way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, so you uh, correct me if, if my memory's um, off. But so I think at that point, Avita was um, standing closer to us. And I think she was getting like more close um, up shots of us. And then um, like five, six people just kind of came and i don't think they were aware exactly what we were doing so they just wanted to get a shot you know in front of the koreatown sign right So we were having our little shoot, and then they sort of got into the middle of it and started, you know, doing their group shot, which is totally cool. And Avitar saw it, and she, like, captured the whole thing. So we're, like, standing on the side, and then they're posing, and we're watching them. We kind of have these amused and happy looks on our faces, and then they're, you know, posing for their picture, and I love it so much.
1: It's totally cool because it actually makes me think about how when you go visit cities, through other parts of the world, Mm -hmm. especially these major cities, they have their own landmarks. And that's where, like, everybody floods the place. Mm -hmm. And so in L.A., things are just a little different, especially because of the car-centric culture. You don't quite necessarily see hordes of people flooding one specific location at any given moment with few exceptions. And so it says quite a bit about the fact that this is a landmark. Mm-hmm. It's just a little more niche than what you mm-hmm. generally get out there. And you don't have hordes of people, but you have small clusters yeah. who are trying to get in on the K-Town culture, trying to get in on the K-Town vibes mm-hmm. at the same time that we were. And so that's a very like typical thing that takes place, especially in cities elsewhere when it comes to landmarks but it's a little more subversive here in LA
0: yeah I think um, what I think of LA in general is that it's not a city that works really hard to be likable it's definitely not a Paris it's not a, you know I will pause there and you fill in the blank with these cities where you're like oh yeah attractive hot you know yeah Um. but once you understand the charms of it you really understand you
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And even as we got through that photo shoot, we were also just visiting through the market. We were also Mm -hmm. visiting Hanam chain. Yeah. We got a few pastries actually from Mm -hmm. From another
0: bakery next door Yeah,
1: from that bakery next door. That was lovely just as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it it says a lot about this place we care about so much that is also so busy kind of being itself that it takes a while for us to pause things or slow them down and place them into perspective and so i feel as though k-town is probably like this for a lot of people who live in la or who are adjacent to la yeah they may or may not know about the place but because it's so busy and it's so constantly in motion it might be quite challenging to like just take a moment there and take it all in
0: yeah and people rarely do um and so that's why i guess in a way i wanted to memorialize it or commemorate that moment because even though people don't pause to do that if they saw like a moment like that frozen in time people who are familiar would just um i I knew that the image would immediately resonate with them but also you know um, as a designer as a visual artist you do think about color composition things like that and so you start getting into the technical aspects of what it means for an image to resonate for it to feel good for it to be invitational like you were saying and um you know those technical aspects and those details you know a a person who just kind of stumbles on the website doesn't have to be able to define what those aspects are but they are things that sort of um resonate on like a Subversive yes. or subconscious level. That's exactly. And so they may not be able to say, "Oh, yeah, it's the color of the sky that really resonated with me," but just something emotionally clicks, and they're like, "Oh, um, I want to keep looking at this. I want to keep exploring the site," you know. And so, um, yeah, the idea of uh, being inviting is something that I definitely thought about when we were putting the website together.
1: Yeah, and so from there, after the photo what else do we know needs to like shine about the site? Like what, what do we, especially as we're just putting this together, understand as being quite important for somebody who has never heard of this project before, but is curious. What do they have to come away with by the time they're done at ktimesok.com? Or what did we feel that our sense was about that as we were first putting it together?
0: What was our sense of how we wanted um, their experience to be? Yeah, in a sense, their
1: impression. What impressions did we want them to come away with after visiting?
0: Well, um, you know, I'm curious of your thoughts too. But um, as as myself, um, I I wanted firstly for the site to feel inviting. Um, I wanted it to feel like um, you know, from a design perspective, you kind of You know, somebody's accessing your website 99.9% of the time, uh, you know, through their eyes. So the eyes need to feel comforted. The eyes need to feel like, okay, I'm absorbing information in an organized fashion. My eyes know where it needs to go next. I'm not like, oh, where am I looking and where's the information? So you want to have a certain kind of flow. But once the eyes get acclimated and feel like, okay, I can spend a minute here and it's not painful. It's actually a pleasant experience then you want to be as clear as possible. Um, What are you doing here? What is this about? And so um, I think, honestly, we're still fine-tuning those things, but I I feel like you can see the intention of that there. And so the first thing we do is say, this is what Koreatown is about, and this is how we feel about this neighborhood, right? And that's sort of the first blurb. And then we want to direct people to engagement and inviting, you know, them to partner with us. So I think there's something about subscribe and join us. But then very immediately after that, it's really about the people. So then you have a sampling of our recent, you know, interviews. And so we showcase not just ourselves, but actually we don't really showcase ourselves. We're kind of there. We're present. You know, you have to sort of like pay attention to see us in the picture. We're not front and center. Uh, But then when it comes to photos of people, the people that are centered are the people that we're uh, interviewing, the people that we think make up Koreatown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's also true here is that it took a little while and quite a bit of feedback from each other to land on just what the About page was going to say, for example. So what I think really played well in our favor was the fact that We'd already done work along these lines, that is, with our own websites and such, and saying a little bit about ourselves, including our biographies. But we also knew that, like, we were gonna adjust things, even if only slightly, to fit them with yeah. this project. Like,
0: how many times did you change your picture, Jimmy?
1: <laughs> At least four <laughs> times, that's for sure. And when I changed it the third time, it's funny, I was visiting the website over the phone with my buddy Samson, and he was like, oh, you changed the photo again. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, and you know what? I'm going to change it after this, too, just so you know. (laughs) And, yeah, I think the about is so underrated in a Mm. way. But, I mean, definitely when I'm going to any website – whether it's one of these big-name brands or a small up-and-coming project, my first question is, what's up with this? Yes. Who are you? And so it took a moment for us to exchange one another's biographies Mm -hmm. and to edit those a little bit. And then we had to edit the About section itself because K-Town is Oaxacan Korean being kind of an unheard-of phrase prior to just the last year or so it's pretty fair for somebody to wonder exactly what it is that we mean Mm -hmm. and where this all came from. And it took us a moment to jumble all that into a coherent set of statements for people to walk away with. So I think it's a good thing for anyone who's putting together a small up-and-coming original project of their own to try and make a site too because it sort of forced us to become more intentional about the work and to put all of this into perspective especially given that we want people to see this site we are seeking more collaborators or Mm -hmm. partners to the extent that that's possible and so Obviously, for that to take place, they got to know what's going on and yeah. where we're coming from. and
0: Yeah, and it's still a work in progress, you know. And um, I think that, you know, we're still fine-tuning our language, how we talk about K-Tone is okay, how we talk about ourselves. And that's okay, you know. Um, actually, I'm reminded of something, Jimmy, you said recently. Uh, we gave a presentation to some um, high school students Um at the um, O'Hawken Youth...
1: Oral History Project.
0: Oral History Project. Um, At their session, we were, you know, just kind of um, sharing some of our thoughts about um, storytelling and and how you you do that in a mindful way. And uh, one of the things that you said was it's important to practice to be consistent, and that is more significant than... um, Perfecting because the practicing itself is a perfecting process. And also it's not about perfecting as in like there's some finite goal that you endpoint you go to, you know. And so um as this project continues to evolve, as we evolve as people, the language is going to change, but we kind of you know, we want to be as clear in presenting who we are and where we are in that moment, you know, at any given time, right? So so to do that, it, it kind of gave us, you know, it, it took a minute to do that. And I, I go into all of that just to say, you know, the website as it is now, it's not done. You know, it's not just frozen in time. It will continue to be refined and to, to change. And, you know, we're excited about that. But I feel like we have a really good foundation for us to continue that refinement and that, mm, that growth,
1: you know. I mean, I also think, like, what a creator you are. For real, because creators have this familiarity with change. Mm. And that doesn't mean that a creator is necessarily like always ready to change and always happy about change either. Like it's simply that we see every time in our output that things need to change. Mm -hmm. That what we present to someone, especially after feedback, and mm-hmm. some revision that just gets better as we seek to respond to more voices, as we seek to yeah. respond to more of our collaborators. And so these projects and these products are built through change.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there are um, masters throughout the history of creation that talk about, um, you know, like the idea of kill your darlings, right? Don't get overly precious. I had an art school teacher who said, "Please don't e- kill me, mom." <laughs> I, um, oh my gosh, what is she doing there with a knife? Just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a, a professor in art school who's, you know, who was like, I feel like every couple of years we should just like burn down all the museums. And he's making an extreme, you know, statement to to say like, don't think of your creative, you know, endeavors as overly precious or sacred you know, don't be so attached to them. And, you know, that's not easy to do. And that's why people have to remind us and say those things, because we can get attached, and we can get stuck in a place and time. And it is a discipline to continually be open to change. But that also doesn't mean that you're like, you know, uh, fickle, or that you don't know what you're doing, or that your steps are, you know, um, uncertain. You're just being fluid you know, confidently fluid. And sometimes not confident, and that's okay too. You know, we don't always have to be confident bosses.
1: Yeah, we are highly attuned to the process of constant flow and movement as people who have done so much of it over the past century, over the Mm -hmm. past couple of centuries at that. So it's kind of in our DNA, and we're acknowledging that, but we're also highly cognizant of what we're looking to sustain Mm -hmm. what we're looking to defend at all costs because that's a part of us too there are a few key elements that we're not letting go of when it comes to our neighborhoods our culture Mm -hmm. and the people who make them up
0: so of the things that you would defend you know um to your dying day let's be dramatic um can you think of a couple things that you feel will be unchanging for you
1: in K-Town specifically, mm-hmm. for me, it's kind of like the fact that we have these elders in our mm. community. That comes to mind almost right away. Wow. The fact uh-huh. that like people can age, even though age is not my favorite term for it, but the fact that people can spend time here and also enjoy what may be called their golden years here, that matters to me mm. because it feels like that way— We don't have to be the only people looking out for or taking care of the neighborhood, so Mm. to speak. I like to think that I can somewhat lean on the elders or those who have been around the block, Mm. including around blocks all over the world.
0: Right. The global block. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Who
1: have a thing or two to say about running their business Mm. and about walking to the park and getting their daily jog in. Or something to this effect and so for me like making certain that k-town is a place for these members of our community that that doesn't change that is indefinite especially because at some point we may just be those elders too so i'm kind of like investing in the future as much as i'm investing mm-hmm. in what's come and gone or what is going that's the way i see it
0: yeah I think a value that I've been carrying, it's right next door to yours. You know, it's dignity and agency, making sure that that's something that, um, you know, we provide or that we keep it. Not that it's ours to provide to anybody, but just that dignity and agency for the people of Koreatown is something that really matters to us. You know, so we're never going to be prescriptive or we're ne- never going to say we are the, um, you know, the, the experts or the uh, the holders of anything or that we're the gatekeepers, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, I think that there are such fascinating conversations taking place around gatekeeping at this time. And like what kind of gatekeeping mm. may be practical and which kind of gatekeeping has to go or which kind of gatekeeping we have to slowly but surely do away with. But for me, I'm gatekeeping K Town as a place for these elders mm-hmm. to my last day. Mm-hmm. And and I do that because the neighborhood feels more like home that way. And I love every now and again coming across an elder through these intersections and somewhat making sure that like they can get through those intersections mm-hmm. safely that's still something that the city of L.A. has to work on slash improve. And, like, let's get to it. Because if they're at risk or if they're in harm's way, then they're not the only ones. Mm -hmm. And I think trying to account for that makes us a better city overall. Yes. Because then we really are taking accessibility to its full definition. Mm -hmm. And so just for the listener's reference, like, We definitely have more stories, including about these elders, slash more interviews coming up in due time. It's going to take us a moment, but it's also going to take your support, and I do hope to ensure our listeners are also tapped in through our newsletter, which is in the show notes, Mm -hmm. because that's going to be a really important way to keep up with these stories and also to support the members, the protagonists of these stories. Remember, this is a project that we are looking to include as many folks as possible with. And so it's important that we're joined by peers and collaborators and partners in that. And the newsletter is just another critical way of keeping up with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we so want to partner with the community and we can't partner with the community if you, the listener, doesn't come alongside and link arms with us. So please (laughs) do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. And we know that at this point you are probably subscribed to so many different newsletters, sometimes not not (laughs) even by your own volition, sometimes because somebody threw your email into the mix. Yeah. But you know what? This is worth it. And we're not charging you to subscribe right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try and keep that the same as long as possible. But it's also, yeah, really important to get into this chain together, you all, to update you with news and with goodies Mm -hmm. and with opportunities to pick up a shirt or two. It also allows you to connect with us whenever it is that you come across an interesting piece of k-town history or k-town stories so like waste no time do it right now we'll wait for you okay thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um so just talking about the things that are to come on our website and you know through k-town is okay makes me want to um ask you what um has what are some of the highlights for you so far whether it be the stories or collaboration or, you know, the whole process.
1: I love that we have seen business owners as well as organizers that is not necessarily activists, but folks who are deep in the work of getting equity to K-Town as well as young, up-and-coming professionals mm-hmm. all in just our first handful of interviews. Mm-hmm. I think that's been a lot of fun because this is only the beginning. We've only scratched out the surface of what K-Town is, but already there's a lot of variation in what we've showcased. And now I'm kind of like in the theater just <laughs> like everybody else trying to get in on this show That has so much that I can't get away from, actually.
0: Yeah, so say you're sitting in the theater in the seat and there's like a montage of highlights, you know? So can you maybe share some like moments or quotes or, you know, whatever that kind of like pop up to the the forefront for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think in one of our recent interviews, it was noted that like we can afford to have more green space
0: Mm. in
1: and throughout K-Town.
0: That was with Kimberly Espinosa,
1: right? That's exactly right. I really appreciated that because K-Town is already so walkable. Mm -hmm. It already has all of this space on the sidewalk for folks to get through, though there is much to be said about its cleanliness and about the number of encampments that have sprung up over the last decade in particular. But Mm. this, this... Uh, In mind for a moment, it's also true that like our community needs spaces to go and chill and cool off and shade, which is best provided by trees and green life, if you will, that's critical Mm -hmm. to making a city more breathable, more enjoyable, more accessible. And I think LA has a lot of potential with its park system. Like, I think the current set of parks that we have out there, whether we're talking about Bellevue Park or Soul Park or Shadow Park, like, there's potential to do more here. And I look forward to being in conversation about that alongside the community because I know I'm not the only one clamoring for it. Mm -hmm. We need more green space all over America, but Mm -hmm. especially in K-Town, which already houses, which is already the densest area in L.A. County by several measures. So I really appreciated that Mm. very recently. That's cool. What about you? Any particular highlights or moments through this interviewing series especially that have stood out to you?
0: Yeah, you know, um, as I try to think of like specific, a specific moment or two, um, I think the general feeling I've gotten as people have reached out and as we've had opportunities to reach out to people is that, Everyone's experiences are so different, but there's a familiarity, you know, and like a nostalgic warmth that comes when somebody talks about something, you know, Uh, like we have somebody that, you know, we'll be interviewing soon. Um, He grew up in Koreatown. He was a skater kid. I should be nowhere near any set of wheels at all so that is so far from my experience but as he was describing how he was moving from one area to another from one street corner to the other like I see those street corners I know what he's talking about you know and and that just gives me such like a warm cozy feeling you know that um, we all have different access points and yet we are there together you know and that's kind of uh, the beautiful part about city life right? There's so many negative aspects of city life that can be talked about that people do talk about, but that kind of, um, togetherness, you know, um, is really beautiful. So I've just had so many moments of that, you know, in pretty much every single conversation we've had, um, both independently and together, Jimmy, you and I, um, so that's been really amazing. Um, I think that, um, one of the earlier conversations I had to have, I got to have with Steve from KYCC, was really impactful because, um, you know, not being involved really uh, formally uh, with. Um, governance and city politics and things like that i had a sense of the changes that were happening i had observations from lived experience but i didn't really have like specific data and so to speak to somebody who has experience in local politics who you know has a great awareness of um, the changes on like a demographic and statistical level um, of like understanding how policymakers affect the the neighborhoods, Um, for him to provide that sort of insight. You know, even in um, the changing trends with, um, you know, uh, the growing uh, population of unhoused folks among AAPI, you know, um, people, like that's something that people aren't talking about. And also um, I think... And again, this is observation. Like I, I have tended to, in growing up in LA, seen less people of uh, from the Latinx community, from the Asian community, being on the streets. But in the last few years, it's grown, and I have my own personal theories about why that is. You know, why the breakdown of these traditionally very community, family-minded networks are are kind of. um, they're not able to withstand the the demands and changes of of life in a place like LA, you know. Um, so it felt really empowering to talk to somebody who is actually looking at those issues and understands those issues, you know in a in a more systematic way, you know, So, um, yeah, yeah, I look forward to more conversations like that, and hopefully even with Steve himself.
1: Absolutely. and what a teaser for, future conversations and this is exactly why i am getting as many people as i can to sign up for this newsletter because to get a heads up and to get more insights about this place is exactly what la needs to be doing and what people living in la need to be up to that is what k-town is okay comes down to shout out to all of these past and current and future interviewees Thank you so much once again for sharing time and space mm. and ideas with us. And I am so grateful for this episode with you, this reflection Same. on ktownisok.com and like the various pieces that in just a short amount of time have already invited the world. Yes. Which we're now in the process of sifting through. Every story has its own weight, its own different dimensions every story teaches all of us a little more about this place that we know and love is k-town and i want to get to work so you know what i think i i think i'm gonna go and do that oh now. okay
0: yeah. all right see you later i'm gonna go i'm gonna go too. catch me at k i'll see you there
1: sweet <laughs> k-town's a misnomer it's called
0: k-town but it's all up here um, so yeah that's called k-town
1: I see a lot of little short dark people. Yeah, Puro Oaxacan. Puro (laughs) Oaxacan (laughs) Koreans.